the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to my show. Today's a big day for the show. It is the last three-hour show. After decades of doing three hours, I have asked my syndicator, with whom I have a particularly warm relationship, uh, to do two hours because of the immense amount of work that I need to do to complete my Bible commentary. I have two other books that I have to hand in, and actually three, and uh, PragerU, and so much else that is coming up in my life. So the show, uh, however, there uh, there is a bright side, if, uh, if it, in some way um, you moan the move to two hours, uh, the two hours will have each six more minutes of talk as I will begin the show each hour at zero zero, not zero six, not at six minutes after the hour, but exactly on the hour. So that in, in some ways I think compensates, but obviously not entirely. So I did want you to know beginning Monday, I begin at 9 Pacific Time, not 9.06, 10 Mountain Time, not 10.06, and 11 Central Time, not 11.06, and 12.06, not, excuse me, 12 noon, not 12.06 Eastern Time, starting Monday. So this is a remarkable story, New York Post reports. Family flees United States after teacher spurs and hides 10-year-old daughter's gender, quote, transition. Yeah, wow. In June 2022, two Centennial Elementary School students in Olympia, Washington, disappeared. Their parents, Indian immigrants, had quietly driven them out of state to Oregon before they eventually decided to fly back to their former home country. No one in Olympia has seen the children since. My daughter mentioned that Tia had been gone from school for a couple of weeks, said Jess Davis, whose daughter was a classmate of Tia's, one of the family's children. I have changed most of the names the writer puts in this, re- in this report to respect requests for anonymity. We were at an ice cream social that our neighborhood has at the end of our school year, and I was thinking about them. 
So she decided to text Tia's mother to ask why they weren't there. The mother got back to me and said, sorry, we are out of town. Evidently, the family was still hiding and had not yet left the country. The mother texted Davis again, quote, and said, can I call you? And she dumped it all out. Tia, who was 10, had apparently just gone through a social gender transition at school encouraged by her teacher. Olympia School District is one of at least 1,000 school districts nationwide that has enacted secrecy policies for kids who express gender dysphoria, so for months Tia's parents had no idea what had happened. When they finally learned of their child's secret identity, they came into conflict with a public school system that had embraced gender ideologies, radical notion that parents who didn't unquestioningly affirm their child's gender choices pose a danger to that child. Tia's parents' protests were consequently treated as illegitimate. They're lucky they didn't take the girl away from the parents. Mrs. A, teacher, Tia's teacher, is stalking my daughter, Tia's mother told Davis. What is she going to do to my daughter? Paper copies of the following email messages, among others, from Mrs. A to Tia's school email address were an anonymously placed in the mailbox of local mother and activist Alicia Perkins in the early summer of 2023. Most were sent after Tia's parents had taken their children to Oregon. Make sure this email is deleted too when we are done because otherwise when your mom looks you will be outed instantly. Next email. I kept emailing you, but I was worried your mom interfered before you saw my messages. Next email. I was also serious I would take you into my home anytime you need. Next email. You need to get a personal email set up so we still have a way to communicate. Next email. I'm worried you're going to leave and I will never be able to be reached. When Perkins publicized the emails on Facebook, they sent shockwaves through the community. This is probably the most disturbing thing that I've seen because it is on such a level of coordinated deception that so many people have to play a part in, including young children, Perkins told Undivided, a local journalism website. By all accounts, district administrators regarded Mrs. A as an exceptional teacher. In previous years, she had trained other teachers in the district had won praise from Centennial Elementary's principal and worked on the school's leadership team, and so on. She's a committed advocate of gender ideology. She has praised in public the district for its absolutist LGBTQ policies, like one disallowing parents from opting their children out of Pride Month curricula. Why do parents keep their children in such schools? <laughs> so they took... We now have a situation, and by the way, I recommend this. If that is happening with your child, in most cases, 
the uh, the the only answer might be leaving the United States of America. We we will now have, for the first time, to the best of my knowledge, we will have people fleeing the United States for for freedom elsewhere. If my ten year old daughter said she was a boy. I would definitely prefer living in India than in than almost anywhere in the United States. Perhaps Florida would be possible. But if these people are already Indian, in other words, they're from India originally, they will undoubtedly have a support system in India. What they won't have is schools telling the girl, of course you're a boy. Oh, of course, and we're going to treat you like you are a boy, and we'll give you a boy's name, or you will choose a boy's name, you will be known that way, and we will hide this from your parents. That won't happen in in India. That is how sick so many of the teachers are in the schools of the United States. It's a long piece, but I've read you just from the beginning. Similar stories they they write in the New York Post are unfolding in Pennsylvania, Wyoming, Colorado, and other states. Well, in California, the Spreckles Spreckles Union School District agreed to a one hundred thousand dollar settlement with a local mother after she charged that the school staff secretly convinced her daughter that she was bisexual and transgender. In Virginia, a mother is suing Appomattox County Public Schools after her daughter, who had secretly transitioned at school, ran away, was kidnapped by a sex trafficker, and then raped repeatedly in a locked room in Baltimore. In Massachusetts, two parents have appealed their lawsuit against the Ludlow Ludlow school committee to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the First Circuit after a lower court judge ruled that the schools keeping their child's gender transition a secret was a basic level of respect that abides by states' anti-discrimination laws, and so on and so forth. There are so many stories in this regard. Chicago passes, the city council passes a resolution in support of Hamas when we come back. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just $35 a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigabytes of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just dial pound 250 and say the keywords, Dennis Prager. 
That way you claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, from your phone, the one you have now, dial pound 250 and say Dennis Prager to switch to Pure Talk. This is a new thing, I guess, that city councils take uh, make resolutions on foreign policy. They can't, they can't make Chicago habitable. The progressives of Chicago's government are wrecking their city. Record crime rates. It's depressing to go downtown for many people. But they, they did pass a resolution. It was tied. And Mayor Johnson, a giant, uh, he, uh, he broke the resolution. He broke the tie and voted for a resolution calling for a Gaza ceasefire. I said it was a pro-Hamas because, of course, it's pro-Hamas. If you would have called for a ceasefire in 1944 uh, with regard to the, uh, the Allies and the Nazis, because of all the American and Allied bombing of Germany, would that have been regarded as pro-Nazi or anti-Nazi? Answer that question. This is the exact same moral statement. There is no difference between the Nazis and Hamas. The, and the Hamas wouldn't deny it. They want to exterminate Jews, and the Nazis want to exterminate Jews. Exactly what difference uh, do, you, do you perceive between the two? So the Chicago City Council in a tie broken by its progressive mayor. I just think of all the Jews in Chicago who voted a Democrat or for Johnson, and therefore for Johnson. My question to my fellow Jews is, what would it take Democrats to do for you to ever vote Republican? I don't know, I don't know the answer. It is an open question. By the way, uh, it's interesting. Following the meeting, this is from ABC7 in Chicago. Following the meeting, council members Rodriguez Sanchez and Sigcho Lopez joined supporters of the resolution for a rally at Daly Plaza. Guess who organized the rally? the Chicago Coalition for Justice in Palestine. All right? They went there. That's pro-Hamas, my friends. That is not just a disengaged vote for a ceasefire. There was a ceasefire prior to October 7th. Does it matter who broke it? And why they did it and how they did it, does it matter? The greatest day of slaughter of Jews since the Holocaust? The Chicago... There's part, of, part of me is actually not unhappy that the Chicago City Council did this. I think the more clarity that Americans have about the Democratic Party when it is in power... I think the better it is. I'm a big fan, as you know, of moral clarity and of clarity generally. 
So this ought to help. The same people who believe in defunding the police believe in defunding Israel. It all goes together. I am sure that virtually every member of the council who voted to destroy Israel, which is what basically the vote is about, because that's what the enemies of Israel in the Arab world want. That's what the Palestinians mostly want, to destroy Israel. There is no intent upon the Jews of Israel to destroy the Palestinians. Zero. If they wanted to, they could have, theoretically. They have no interest in that. They want to be left alone. By the way, it's been the the primary Jewish request of the non-Jewish world for thousands of years. Just please leave us alone. Jew haters don't leave Jews alone. They want them dead. And this is what uh, is being seen right now. I bet these people, as I was about to say, I'll bet that the people who voted for the ceasefire also believe that parents should not be told if their child is transitioning. Overwhelmingly, morally bankrupt positions go together. It is a phenomenon. I wrote a piece on this a few weeks ago in my column. How do I know your position on Israel-Gaza if I know that you say men give birth? Isn't that amazing? What percentage of people who say men give birth or won't say pregnant women, but rather birthing women, or excuse me, birthing persons, what percentage of those people will also support the Palestinians? 99? Why is that? It's a phenomenon. I know your position on Gaza if I know you believe that a boy can become a girl. That's what I call, it is not a broken moral compass. It is a compass, it's a moral compass that has been set to immoral, so that it's always wrong. It's not periodically wrong. It's not broken. A broken compass is periodically right. The left-wing compass is always wrong because it is set to wrong. North is south and south is north. Well, sure, this is, I, I, I was going to say, I'm sure it's a wake-up call to some Democrats in Chicago, but I don't believe so. The brainwash, I know it because I, I had it. I was a Democrat until Ronald Reagan. The, the brainwash is so deep that the right is Nazi, that Republican is right, therefore Republican is neo-Nazi. That brainwash has worked. It started with Stalin, and it has been consistently effective. I'm Dennis Prager, and we return. The Dennis Prager Show. So it's Seb Gorka and Mike Gallagher, my two colleagues, two of my colleagues at Salem, who told me about the Ph.D. weight loss program. Uh, And... The only reason I took them seriously is because they lost so much weight with it, and it stayed off. So I have discipline in eating. It has never really been an issue. Just 
haven't been able to lose weight, and I've always wanted to. And sure enough, I've tried it, and now, let's see, it's uh, basically two pounds a month and six months. They, they did it faster, but I'm, I'm amazed that I've been able to do that, and it's no pills, no injections, just solid science, no shortcuts, coaching from them. Go to phdweightloss.com or just call them 864-644-1900, 864-644-1900, or go to myphdweightloss.com. Chicago is really uh, sinking because we're sinking under the weight of the of the left as the country is as the western world is but people are fighting back imagine that that i read to you a story at the opening of the show of a of parents who have fled america and gone back to their homeland as it were they considered America their homeland, but not anymore. Parents whose 10-year-old was a 10-year-old child who has been uh, secretly transitioning to becoming a boy. She's, what is she, 10 years old? What is the, what is the age of that girl? That, that, that's quite remarkable. I want to I find that. Let's see. The daughter... Ten years old, yeah. I, I, wa- I so want always t- to convey to you the correct data. Imagine that, ten-year-old. The parents did the absolute right thing. If it is happening to you, you should flee the United States, or at least your state. It's an interesting question. If you then fled to Florida, what would happen? The, the problem is that if your 10-year-old daughter says she's a boy in the new school in Florida, they might tell you, but she will still probably have her decision or her unwell thinking, and even if you are a supporter of transitioning 10-year-olds, you, you well, I was going to say you have to be intellectually honest, but that's absurd. You should be, but you won't be. And acknowledge there's something wrong with the girl's psyche. The girl has other problems that has led her to conclude this. Ten years ago, virtually no 10-year-old in the United States said she was a boy. And 20 and 50 and 100 and 200 and 300 and 400 and 500 years ago. This is new. Talking about new, you know what I decided to do? You'll get a kick out of this. And it's not its not difficult, but it's not easy to find old dictionaries on the, uh, let's see here, where where is it? My wife sent me, oh yes, it would be in the texts, okay. Here we go. So I got a hold, I actually kept old dictionaries in my house. So I looked up the word gender. I think this is from 1961. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Gender. Noun. 
Grammar. First definition, in many languages, a set of classes that together include all nouns, membership in a particular class being shown by the form of the noun itself, or by the form or choice of words that modify, replace, or otherwise refer to the noun as in English, the choice of he to replace the table, of it or she to replace the ship. The number of genders in different languages varies from two to more than 20. Often the classification correlates in part with sex or animateness, whatever that means. The most familiar set of genders are of three classes as masculine, feminine, and neuter in Latin. In other words, it that's how I was taught. It is a grammatical term. So, uh, how many genders does Hebrew have? Hebrew has he- uh, feminine and masculine. Every uh, so so does French. So does uh, uh, German. German, I believe, has feminine, masculine, and neuter. Russian has a fa- feminine, masculine, and neuter. Dievushka is is a woman. And it is a, and the gender of the noun is feminine. Chelevyek is a man. Normally, or generally, if it ends in an A, the word, then it will be uh, feminine. If it ends in a consonant, it will be masculine. If it ends in an O, like akno, which is window, that will be neuter. I believe that that is correct. My Russian listeners would correct me. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. You didn't expect that, my friends. It's the happiness hour. It's the uh, 25th anniversary. Actually, it's really number 26. Those are the original lyrics. It's the happy, 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 happy hour, my friends. Since 1999, the same century as World Wars One and Two. That's how far back the happiness hour goes. A reminder, since I have a very large audience for the happiness hour, beginning Monday. My show is two hours, not three. I asked my syndicator, Salem Radio Network, with whom I have a magnificent relationship, to go to two hours. They wanted me at three, for the record. I am flattered and honored by that, but I have too much to accomplish, and I don't know how long there is. Hopefully, decades. I have a good genetic background, parents 96 and 89. I'm really well. I'm really happy. But you never know. By the way, you don't know when you're 55. But I have have to finish my Bible commentary. I have one volume to go. The fourth volume is coming out this year. The Book of Numbers, the fourth volume of the Bible. 
In Hebrew, much sexier title. The name of the book in Hebrew is In the Wilderness. Tell me which book you would rather get, In the Wilderness or Numbers. I'm afraid that when people hear Dennis Prager wrote a commentary on numbers, they'll think it's a math book. What am I going to do? In the Wilderness sounds like a hiking guide. That's good. That was good, Sean. That makes up for, you know, some other stuff you've done. Yeah, he's, he's relieved. All right. Anyway, just wanted you to know, and again, please note, the hours will begin. I have extra time, six minutes more of talk in each hour starting Monday because the I talk at the top of the hour at zero zero. At It'll be the second hour, the happiness hour, so that means next Friday it will not begin at 9.06, 10.06, 11.06, or 12.06. No, I ruined that. At 10.06, 11, <laughs> 10, 11, 12, or 1.06, it will re- begin at 10, 11, 12, and 1, going from west to east in time zones. Those of you listening in Madagascar... That uh, you will obviously figure that out correspondingly. Correspondingly. Is that a word? All right, it's the happiness hour. Very big subject. One of the favorite calls I received was a couple of years ago, not long ago, relative to how long I've been broadcasting. It would be 9 p.m. in Madagascar. One minute. So 10 from 21 is 11. So they're 11 hours ahead of here. Okay. South Africa's 10 hours ahead. I know because I will be speaking in South Africa during the Passover holiday. For information, go to Where's Dennis? You want to join me there? Should be a remarkable, remarkable Passover. Anyway, back to the happiness hour. So a caller said to me a few years ago, I have cited this on a few occasions, Dennis, I have the perfect description for you. And I I steeled myself. Perhaps the guy hated my guts. But he didn't. And he said, you, sir, are transparent. And I thought that was a great term. I am. I have worked to be transparent. As my wife has put it for now two decades, Dennis has no black boxes. It's a very good term. Why am I using myself? Because I know about the subject from my own life. Not to tell you I'm wonderful, but this is a trait of mine that is accurate. My topic for the happiness hour is why isn't everybody transparent? Because it's a very good thing to be. It is a good thing for the people in your life to feel that they know you. That's my topic. Do the people in your life feel that they know you? 
Sean, is that a good topic? Do you think the people in your life, I'm very serious, do you think the people in your life know you? You do? Yeah? That's a good line. They might wish they didn't. That's a good one. That is, that, see, that, that was witty. That was definitely witty. See, it's very hard to have close friendships, whether it's with family or friends, or non, I should say family or, or non-family, if, if you hide yourself. And my suspicion is that one of the reasons so many people don't have close friends is that they do hide themselves. So I'd like you to call me and tell me, because you, you could be of such help to others by opening up, ironically, opening up at least to me, why are you afraid, because that's what it has to be, of opening up? What blocks you from transparency? Or it's a really good question, do, do the people in your life feel that they know you? It's another way of addressing this issue. The most obvious answer to the question is that people are afraid that if they are open, if they are transparent, as, as the term goes, then they, they will be hurt. That's, that's at least years ago when I raised this subject, that seemed to have been a consensus among those who hide parts of themselves. I assume nobody hides every part of themselves. That they're afraid that it will be used against them. That was a common thing. But there, there's got to be another thing working here, and that is that people fear that if if they open up, they won't be liked. If you knew this about me, and I'm not talking just about facts about you. It's an interesting question unto itself. What does to be known mean? Does it mean you know my, the facts of my life and my history? Or does it mean that you know what makes me tick? Do I open up about what I feel, what I think? My view has been from a very early age that what is the worst that could happen if I open up to somebody? I mean, seriously, what is the worst that could happen? People say they'll use it against you. I don't understand what use it against you means. Maybe it really will be helpful if somebody calls in and explains that. But let's say I open up and they go, oh, really? Man, are you a loser? (laughs) Okay. I mean, I assume that's about as bad as it gets. Really? Oh, my God. I don't want to be your friend. Okay. So what what does that say? 
Is it better to have a friend I have to hide from or lose a friend because I opened up? Of course, it's better to lose a friend because you opened up. Because there is somebody there, if you are open about yourself, who will at, at the least accept you and at most embrace you. Okay, what stops you? That's the subject. 1-8 Prager 776. The Dennis Prager Show. Mike Lindell and my pillow employees want to thank my listeners for all your continued support. To thank you, they're having an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use the promo code Prager and you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived and won't last long. Get six-pack towel sets for only $29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like like mattresses and mattress toppers. 100% made in the USA on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels that actually absorb dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, and so much more. To get the best specials ever, go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code Prager, or call 800-761-6302 and get free shipping on your entire order while supplies last. All right, everybody. This is a biggie. Every, not only are all eight lines taken, I don't even understand it. Lines nine and ten aren't even available to to the public. How come they're taken? Can you explain it? You're messing with me? I love that. I actually like to be messed with. All right, let me go to your calls here about opening up to others. What what prevents you from opening up to people or being, as the term goes, transparent? Oh, we got so many interesting calls here. Huh. I love it. I love this job. It's unique. Eric in Phoenix. The famous Eric of Phoenix, I might add. Hello. Hi, Dennis. Uh, just wanted to let your listeners know, I, I about a decade ago, I got to be with you in a personal security staff and got to be with you. And what really impressed me about opening up, and I was more worried about, you know, who I was as a person, but you interviewed me in the way of just being kind and, and knowing and, and kind of not pushing anything and trying to prove who you were as a person. I just want to let your listeners know that because it, it's it's why I listen to your show, and, and I just wanted to thank you for that. That's very my, sweet my, of you. Thank first, you. It was the Dennis Prager, Hugh Hewitt, Sarah Palin event in Denver. But uh, Oh, wow. That's a legend. I wonder if it's still on YouTube. Ah, thank yeah, you for was, reminding me. I am going to put that up. People should see that. There was a, It was like, like 5,000 people there. It was it was a great experience, and 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 I just want to let you know that you treated me with complete and utter, you know, who I was as a person. You followed up on questions, and I believe that's really what it was. And I came away that you loved yourself in the sense that you didn't need to prove a thing to anyone, and you're more interested in what other people thought, so you could gain knowledge from them. And I think 
By the way, that's very insightful of you. Uh, I don't know about the love part. That's I know you called in about that, but uh, you're you're right about the other part. I I am far more interested in the people I meet than I am in telling them about me. (laughs) That's true. I I, yeah. I sort of uh, I'm bored about me. I I'm interested in everybody else. <laughs> but the, it, it, you have to love yourself. I I'm an, I'm ten years over ten years recovered in, in in a couple different forms and and I didn't realize all my life the truth and I I I didn't know who I was until I I really got brutally honest and looked at myself and once I did that it changed. I was able to see. And love myself. Oh, well, so well, okay. So this is fascinating. You, anything else. you have opened my eyes here. Uh, uh, this is a big, a big deal to me. And I'll tell you what, what, uh, what that entailed. You, I, I think one of the answers to my question about why people don't open up about themselves, you just gave me the answer. They don't know themselves. So there's not, they can't be open about what they don't know. And they had trauma maybe in their childhood or an alcoholic father. No, 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 but yeah, but but there are people with trauma in their childhood who will tell you about the trauma of their childhood. Uh, your point is, 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 is absolutely unbelievably important to me. That's right. How can you open up about what you don't know? Wow. This is what I mean by it's it's not a sweet comment when I say that I have learned as much from you as you have from me, or even if you think that's over the top, because okay, hopefully you learn a lot from me. All right, how about this forty sixty? <laughs> All right, even that that's a that's a real insight. And you know, I, I sort of want to kick myself for not having come to that realization on my own. <laughs> How can you open up about what you don't know about? That's why, and part two about what he said, uh, the, the self-love thing is not my language. I, I'll be to, po- perfectly honest. I don't, I don't fully follow the concept, but it doesn't matter. His insights were so important. That is part of the reason that recovering alcoholics, that people who are sober from some addiction, could be alcohol, drugs, uh, 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 gambling, uh, whatever it is, they are often very open because they they a they they know about themselves because of their addiction, they learn about themselves because of AA, one of the greatest inventions in the history of the world, and they they are they they know there's nothing to hide yes i i to get sober you have to face yourself as one bright man once said that's right you know it's fascinating because my my younger son you really need to watch this i did a fireside chat it's what I do every week for 363 weeks, I think it is now, for PragerU. It's, it's, it's something powerful. 
and it's a large listenership, mostly young people around the world. I ne- I have guests maybe three times a year. The last one I had before my son was Robert Kennedy Jr. It's done at my home. And he, uh, he's been sober for seven years, and he's does his own podcast. Uh, he's really terrific. And I love his friends. And I wonder, why do I love his friends so much? Because they're so real. They... The, most of them went through AA as well. By the way, real and open are almost synonymous. Back in a moment. It's a great subject for the happiness hour here. And the subject is, why don't you open up to others? Why do you hide part of yourself? So I have a number of answers, all all from you. Might be used against me. They might stop liking me. And now I got a really great answer from my last caller. You can't open up if you don't know yourself. That's really that's really terrific. I uh, I really uh, I really enjoy you, Kathleen in Chino Hills, California. Hello, Kathleen. Hi, Dennis. Hi. I first want to tell you that you're an absolute gift in my life, and and uh, you. you've changed my life, and and actually changed it in this way as well. But anyway, answering that question, see, there's things I can't be transparent about because those are things I don't like about myself. And why would anybody else like those things about myself, if, if, about me, if I showed my true colors? Hmm. And, for instance, I know people think I'm an extremely hardworking woman, and I can be, but I'm deep down inside, I think I'm lazy. So I worked <laughs> on that. I didn't, I've didn't. heard you mention that, that you can be that way. Deep lazy. down inside, I'm lazy. I, yeah, I, I have told millions of people this repeatedly. <laughs> No, because you're transparent. There is a big difference. Right, but but what, wait, wait. So let's go through this. So let's say you, if you said to somebody, if you if if you said to a female friend, or someone becoming possibly a friend who's now more an acquaintance, you're having lunch with her. So I'm removing all male female issues, all putting them aside. Just just you're with a a woman who who might become a friend, and you say, you know, I got to tell you. People think, basically exactly the way you expressed it to me, you know, people think I'm hardworking, but the truth is, deep down, am I lazy? Do you know how lovable you would be in that person's eyes? You know, I think I'm going to try that on somebody that I just met. She yes. doesn't know me that yeah. well. Well, all right. Look, I mean, obviously, <laughs> you're not going to use this person as a therapist, but you, 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 could even, you could even preface it. You know, I called this national radio show and I told this guy, <laughs> and, and, you know, and he said, that's me. You're describing me. Uh, but but it, whatever makes you more human, by, by the way, when you say that, that enables her to open up. Okay, but then going on from that, going on in that subject, uh, there, I can be... I can be easily angered. I can get really, really angry, but I, I do that just 
by myself. I don't want people to know that I'm short-tempered. I can let some vulgarities fly off my tongue. Oh, my God. Did you hear that, Sean? I am speaking to somebody who might let vulgarities emanate from her tongue. I, I, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. Sean, Sean has a great response to you. The more you talk, the more he likes you. <laughs> well, you know, I, I probably uh, like Sean probably. I'm sorry. What, what, what was that? I said, Sean's my favorite after you on the show. Oh, well. Okay, then you don't really know him well. He puts up with a lot from you, and he's yeah, he, a, you know, he puts up for a lot from me. Oh, give me a break. Yes, Do you have any does. idea what I put up from him? <laughs> anyway, bless you. You are a joy. I mean, that was that is class. The call is awesome. This is a great hour. <laughs> oh, my, all these things. I mean, that is really unique. She's deep down lazy. She gets so angry that at times the, the vulgarities might come, might come <laughs> from her tongue. <laughs> Just for the record, there are people that I work with, I don't want to say any, I won't mention any names, who don't need to get angry for vulgarities to emanate from their tongue. <laughs> There's no anger at all. They're in a great mood. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, this is priceless. I, I, You know what I'm telling you? If I did this subject every every week for this year, <laughs> it would be worth it. We'll be back. Happiness Hour, Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Kings send out a line of Wayne Gretzky along with Luke Robitaille and Dennis Prager. Gretzky wins the face-off. He gives it to Robitaille. Robitaille gives it to Dennis Prager. Here's Prager to center ice with Gretzky. Two-on-one break. Gretzky back to Prager. He stumbles and falls. There's a part of my life not well known. My hockey career. Hey, everybody, this is the hour. You said the general nibs on your mind about you, about me, about life, about death. And needless to say about cigars, audio equipment, photography equipment. Enjoy the music. Fountain pens, classical music. Well, everybody, a reminder, starting Monday, my show goes to two hours. I have requested this. My syndicators, Salem News Channel, Salem Radio Network, 
wanted me to stay at three hours. I just want that known for the record. But I have too much to do while I am still healthy, wealthy, and wise. Well, what about wealthy? (laughs) So that starts Monday, and the show begins every hour Remember this, not at six minutes after, but on the hour. So Western Time, 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. Eastern Time, noon and 1 p.m., etc., etc. Starting Monday. But, not but. So yes, two hours, but the but is that there's extra time each hour, six extra minutes, which is in talk world a lot of time. All right, what is on your mind? Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, how do you like that? That is a great Tom and Alvin. Tom and Alvin. Did we ever meet Tom and Alvin? Wait a minute. Even when I've got, wait a minute. Tom and Alvin, one of the wittier correspondents in my life. Have I ever met you personally? A couple of times. I went to um, a, a talk you gave at the Jewish Community Center in Houston and uh, something you did with Adam Carolla once in Houston. Oh, so you, Alvin is in the Houston area. Okay. Yes, we are between our Algoa and Arcola. Oh, oh, of course. And alphabetically. Good, you're good. Are you okay, married? Um, oh, yes. Does your wife think you're witty? On occasion. Depends on her mood. So it doesn't depend on whether you're witty. Oh no, no, I'm I'm definitely witty. <laughs> so Sean thinks so, I'm witty. Sean thinks so, and I think so. So your wife thinks so if she's in a good mood. Yes, otherwise it's just annoying. <laughs> I would love to talk to your wife. Is she there? Uh, she is. She's in another room uh, doing something. I'm not right, really sure what whether she's uh, she's not a talker though. So I see. <laughs> no, no. So, well, by the way, uh, between the two of you, is this an is this the typical uh, moody non moody marriage? It is. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I, it's a discovery I made, and I'm proud of. Almost every marriage is a moody and a non-moody. Some are non-moody and non-moody. None are moody and moody. She works at it, though. She's, she's, uh, she she's does? a good egg. Do you have kids? Yes. And how old are they? My, uh, let's see, they're 28, 26, and 24. And are any of them witty? They're all witty, yes. Uh, the youngest is the wittiest, and I, I think that's that's kind of been my observation. I'm the youngest in my family, and uh-huh. that is that is interesting. You're the youngest in yes, your family. Yes, I, I don't am, know about there. Sean. Yeah, no, no, Sean is not witty, so it, the question is well, moot. The question is completely <laughs> moot. Yeah, that's just me, <laughs> and also inaccurate. Oh, wow, that's a, that's a double whammy: mean and inaccurate. <laughs> So you want to know if the third hour would be given to Julie? Well, yeah, it seems like that would have been the natural thing to do. I mean, if, if well, had... it, it's uh, it's Charlie Kirk who's terrific and who already has a show with Salem, 
Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I the re- the reason I was so happy to take your call is to to just tell people about Julie. Uh, Julie uh, is only 24 years old. I discovered her a few years ago. She's the only person I have ever done uh, a podcast or, uh, excuse me, a show or podcast or anything. I've never co-hosted anything. If you folks are not familiar with Dennis and Julie, it is uh, it is available. Where is it available, Sean? Is it at any any place that has podcasts? And And, and how do they watch it, though? Because it's fun to watch. On YouTube, Dennis and Julie, every week. By the way, it is a phenomenal way to get young people who may not want to hear me because they've heard I'm conservative or whatever reason uh, to uh, get them into my world because she's so, it's such a, it's a unique thing that we have. It's, it's, you, you should, you should all watch it and listen. And, and she does, in fact, periodically sit in for me as well on the regular show. Anyway, Dennis and Julie, thank you, Tom. I look forward to coming back to uh, the Houston area and seeing you. All right, let's see. Barney in Tucson. Another person I know, Barney in Tucson. Hello, Dennis. Hello, Barney. I'm his- I'm as angry as you are about the disgustingly selfish men who are wrecking women's sports. You've spoken about it pretty regularly. I know it would be difficult for them, but what would happen if the coaches and athletes said, this is insane, and refused to compete with them? My dear Barney. By the way, Barney is one of the editors of my my uh, Bible commentary. He's a... He, what he finds is uh, is unique talent, so I just want the people to know that. Uh, it, it's, I'll tell you what really gets me the most, and that that really on this issue is when the women who were cheated out, and that's the only verb that is accurate, cheated out of a win. They would have been in first place and second place, and now they're in second place and third place. Go up, get their medals, and smile next to the cheat, the narcissist, who says he's a woman and cheated them out of their rightful spot in women's sports. And they just smile like, oh, all's fair, all's good. That's the part that drives me the craziest. This stuff would end in a moment if all women ceased competing in these sports. That's it. That all bad things are ended if people unite in in fighting. But people are not fighters. Most people are not fighters. Yeah, Riley Gaines is. She's 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 remarkable. She's this a championship swimmer, and she has now devoted her life to fighting for women's sports. A point that I make regularly, and it needs to be repeated and repeated and repeated, just like I repeated the word repeated. Feminist groups don't give a damn about women. Never did, never will. They're just left-wing groups using women to further left-wing agendas. And in case you needed proof, 
Name me the feminist group that has come out on behalf of women and women's sports. I'll wait. All left-wing groups use their groups for power and ideology. Civil rights groups generally don't give a damn about blacks. They, they give a damn about leftism. Feminist groups don't give a damn about women. They give a damn about leftism. Teachers unions don't give a damn about students. They give a damn about leftism. That's the way it works. It has always been such. Since the communists used workers for leftism, they didn't give a damn about workers. Okay, got that out of my system. But that's a really important understanding of these groups. Teachers unions don't give a damn about teachers, and especially not about students. They give a damn about pushing a left-wing agenda. They're pro-Hamas. They're not pro-students. That's why they were for lockdowns. Remember that? And now they lie that they weren't for lockdowns. Because truth is not a left-wing value. We continue. The Dennis Prager Show. Dennis Prager here. Whatever is on your mind, our... And let's see, Toronto and David. Hello, David. How are you, Dennis? Wait a minute. Is this David Burstein, the dentist? David Burstein, the dentist. Yes, it is, Dennis. You you realize, wait a minute, is this our only people I know calling in? You're the third guy in a row, I know. Well, you know, the reason I I think because it's such a special hour, it's something the gods has let let me get through. Okay, you, wonderful. I'll give you my. I just yeah, I want you to know I'm recovering from surgery, and as much as you love to cut up my dystopian country, I have uh, we have received absolutely wonderful care from the Canadian healthcare system. Anyways, that's not what I call. No, that. no, no. Listen, I, I'm rooting for that, but uh, yeah. I, I don't want to go to that system. But anyway, go ahead. Anyways, anyways, I, I have five reasons why you're so happy. Five? Five. I have written a book on loneliness, and one of the, like, the conclusions I make in the book is to appreciate the potential sanctity of conversation. And you've said that you've probably had more conversations than anybody in the world. But again, it was Well, with more people, loneliness. with more different people. Yeah, there's no question. I, I have talked with more people than anyone living. Not two yeah, more people, with more, yeah. With more people. And I think it's... And ultimately, the... The one-on-one, the, sanct- the potential sanctity of one-on-one is so important. But in addition to that, I see one of the reasons for your being so happy is that there are, I see if there are being four sources of loneliness of which you have all con- which, which you have conquered. Number one, you have an intimate partner. You obviously love Sue. You have family and friends. You have community and meaning, and you know yourself. That's good. By the way, I'll, I'll give I'll give a free plug. What is the name of your book? Smartphones don't give hugs. Who don't give hugs? Smartphones. Smartphones. Oh, that's good. Smartphones don't give hugs. You give me the other three, and other, that is really insightful. I agree with all of that. That is true. Well, anyway, a, a quick recovery to you, David. This is really something. This has never happened. 
Maybe because it's my last third hour. There is. It's, it's, it sounds like a holy moment. But I don't want to have the same fate as Jesus in this regard, I, I will admit. There are people <clears throat> who probably would like to crucify me. Which is really something, by the way. I think about this only on occasion. I've devoted my life to goodness and to working with people like on the phones and even privately to bring them happiness and joy and meaning. And a, a lot of people hate my guts and think I'm evil. I mean, just evil. So either I'm really, really wrong about my own self-assessment or they're really, really wrong. What We can't both be right. They're all on the left, and it is a, f- a fascinating thing to see. All right. Anyway, let's continue. Uh, Boulder, Colorado, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Dennis. Yes. Uh, you don't know me, but I know you. Correct. Okay, so I had a question about your TNA speakers. T no T plus A. T plus A. TNA sounds uh, like t- yeah. yeah t- we, t- okay, that's T-N-A-C. fine. There we got it. Yep. Okay. Under what circumstances did you pull the trigger on those? Did you do research on them only? I had them brought. I had them brought to my house. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah, you have to. You, I mean, to the extent possible. And I, by the way, I, I. I offer dealers, you know, uh, even to pay for their effort to just bring it over because I, I, mm-hmm. I, it's a big, big pain to. A lot of these speakers are very heavy, mm-hmm. and, yeah. But uh, if you don't hear them with your system, it's very hard to know how they'll sound because right. you're, you're hearing all the electronics of the other of at the guy's store. Sure. So that that was the way I did. That's the way I did, and. Uh, I have T plus A. Yes, you're right. The speakers as well as uh, the um, all of their electronics. I have. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the, that's I first started with their electronics, as it happens. But you know my theory, and somebody is calling to differ with me on that. I think. No, they. I guess they hung up. Oh no, no, they they're still on. I don't think speakers are the most important part of a system. You think the cabling is? I know. I think of the electronics and cabling. Yes, I think the electronics and the cabling. If you told me I could have $100,000 in pre-amplifier, amplifier, and cables, mm-hmm. or $20,000 in that, and $100,000 speakers, or $100,000 electronics and $20,000 speakers, there's no question I would take the latter. No question. There were very few bad speakers, uh, but uh, but my theory is a very simple one: garbage in, garbage out. What what you put in is what you uh, is what you get out. I could spend a lot of time on that, but I won't because not all of you are interested. By the way, you should all be interested because almost everyone loves music. One of my favorite things in life is when people visit my house to take them to my listening room. And I, all I do is play their favorite music. I never play my favorite music. And I would say, literally, I'm, I mean this quite sincerely, half the time, people start tearing up. Because music is obviously a profoundly emotional thing. 
and I, I just I watch them, and and they 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 can't believe what they're hearing. Frequently, they will say, "I heard this live. I went to a concert with with so and so or this band, and it sounds better than it did when I was there." And that that's if you love music, you should definitely think about audio equipment. Music, by the way, is one of my arguments for God's existence. There's no evolutionary explanation for music. It's a gift of God. The Dennis Prager Show. My head that's less wrong than right, no more living. Living at the speed of life. Okie dokie. Let's go to uh, your calls here. And Sacramento and Keith. Hi, Keith. Hello, Dennis, and happy Friday to you. It is. Thank you. I am just wondering, of all the countries in the world, why is Israel referred to as the state of Israel? Because in Hebrew, that's its name, Medinat Israel. Medina means state. That's the only reason. Well, that's the answer to my question. I appreciate it. Yes, you know I love that. I tell you folks, it's one of the joys of my life. Somebody calls up. It's two two possibilities. They call up, they ask a question, I give an answer, they go, thank you. Or they call up, they differ, I give an answer, and they go, yeah, you're right. Thanks, bye. Those are gratifying moments. Okay, we continue here. Atlanta, Georgia, and is it Francie? Francie, yes. Hi there. Hi. Um, I was on a trip and met someone from the Netherlands, and after years of listening to your show, I very proudly said, Clap van de Molen. And they looked at me like I was crazy, but I'd heard your clip so many times. Wait, so how did they react? I'm dying to know. They looked at me like I was crazy, which he got hit in the head with the windmill means he's crazy in Dutch. So it was kind of appropriate. I mean, they must have been um, but... shocked that you knew the phrase. And clap van de mole. Clap van de mole. Yes, they were. And clap van de mole. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, told, I told them my third favorite Jew taught me that over the radio. Wait, wait, third? Yes, I'm Catholic. So Jesus and his mother Mary. I'm okay, that's fair. Then no, totally fair. You <laughs> Okay. If I if I'm Thank behind you. Jesus and Mary, I'm doing really well. You're in good company, <laughs> I Dennis. I love you. I oh, thank you. I don't know you, but I love you too. And I'm not joking. Yes. It, it, the uh the relationship I've had uh, especially with Christians uh, in the course of my career is a very deeply gratifying thing. You know, the the if you read, there are 4,000, maybe 5,000 now, reviews on my Bible commentary on Amazon. And what is it, 99% or five star, or some very high percentage. And the, uh, the great majority of them are from Christians. And a... a, a Typical comment was, you know, this has really made me understand the Bible, or certainly the first five books. And it's it's so gratifying to me. You know, all right, you know, I went to I went to church school, I went to Catholic school, I went to, you know, 
whatever religious school, and I and I now I really understand it, which is what my purpose was. By the way, Jews say the same thing. I went to Jewish school, and now I really understand it. I'm not bragging, but I really do explain it. That that is that is the point. It's called the Rational Bible. The fourth volume of the five is coming out later this year, and it's called the Book of Numbers. It's got a talking donkey in it. It is one of my favorite stories in the Soda Shrek. Shrek has a talking donkey. Does Shrek have any other talking animal? There are two talking animals in the Torah. The serpent in the Garden of Eden and the donkey in the Book of Numbers. And they're both of incredible significance. It doesn't matter if you take it literally. People go, oh, you believe that? First of all, if God could create the universe, he could have a donkey talk. I mean, I mean, it's, so, it's such a silly question. Do I believe it? Yes, I believe it. Do, do, can I prove it? No. I have no interest in proving it. Anyway, the point of the story is that the donkey is wiser than the pagan prophet who's riding the donkey. It, it's in a magnificent... It, the, the book is worth it for that story alone. By the way, uh, Sean, uh, many of you may not know this, he has a talking dog. Zach, am I right or wrong? Do you do you not feel that Ferguson talks to you? What is the longest conversation you've had with your dog? What would you say? An hour? Three minutes? About an hour, yeah. Well, uh I, I know this. Is, oh, I'll, how long do I have? Because I had a revelation. Oh, I got a. I had a revelation about talking to dogs. I'll share it with you when we return. The Dennis Prager Show. All right. Let's see here. Oh yeah, I was going to tell you the story. Yeah. So th- this was a, uh, one of the revelatory moments in my life. I don't know if I've shared it with you, but. I don't expect you to remember. And if you do, it's fun to hear it a second time. So and it's very, very brief, but it was a powerful moment. I, the first time I was in Hungary, I was in my, my well, what, I've been about 25 years old, 24, 25, 20 years old, because I studied communist countries and communism. So I spent a lot of time in communist countries. Hungary, Hungary was communist at the time. Anyway, that's why I was in Hungary sitting on a park bench, looking at life go by, and I see this guy's walking with his dog. And he's talking to the dog in Hungarian. And I remember my immediate thought was, does this guy really think his dog speaks Hungarian or understands Hungarian? And then I laughed at myself. It is one of those moments where you... Where you Thanks to travel, you have a much clearer perspective on your own life. Why do we think our dogs know English, but their dogs don't know Hungarian? (laughs) So if that dog knew Hungarian, then Ferguson knows English. End of issue. All right, let's go. Huh? Ah, you want me to take line nine because it's about fountain pens. How is there a line nine anyway? 
Oh, Alain. This is the, uh, really, all the human beings in my life hour. This is one of the wonderful people that has entered my life in the last, I don't know, when did we meet? 15 years ago, was it? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. So, yes, sir, where are you right now? Because every time you call me uh, or write or text me, you're in another city. I'm in uh, Dallas at the airport, and I'm uh, flying back to Tucson this afternoon. Right. By the way, Alain is uh, uh, is from Montreal, correct? I know you're from the province of Quebec, but is it, is it Montreal? Yes, it is Montreal. Right. All right. So go ahead. This is a great question. So when I went through law school about 40 years ago, I had a Mont Blanc fountain pen. Mm-hmm. I took all my notes with one, and I haven't had a fountain pen since. And I was uh, just walking through the Dallas airport, and there's a Mont Blanc store, and I see fountain pens from $75 to 500 I can't even believe, wait, I can't believe there was a $75 fountain pen from Mont Blanc. That's amazing to me that they had one that cheap. But anyway, go ahead. So, so I'd like to buy one. Is there a difference between, let's say, a seventy-five-dollar fountain pen and three seventy-five, as it relates to you know the quality of the ink and the writing? Right, as relates to writing, you can get a really beautiful writing pen for seventy-five dollars. There's no question. The difference is the body. Uh, it's it's sort of uh, it's not all that different from cars. A a $30,000 car will get you where you need to go and may, may drive pretty well. A $100,000 car has far more amenities. It's a better body, et cetera. I think the analogy is not perfect, but it's it's pretty close. Uh, so the body, which which matters in terms of beauty, basically. It's more, more aesthetic, how it feels in the hand. There is one other difference, though, that you probably don't know. There are two types of nibs on fountain pens, steel and gold. Gold is smoother. So you, But you're, you're spending more for a gold nib than you are for a steel nib. However, to make things a little more complicated, they make such good steel nibs today that I no longer even care. I am now m- mostly... Uh, the, the thing that matters to me most is how does it write. But the beauty of of, of the feel of the body is, uh, not to get erotic here, is uh, uh, is as important as, as how it writes. Because, you know, it's like people want a beautiful car. And, and the beauty of a car matters to people. Well, thank you very much. I wish you a great weekend, Dennis. Uh, you're a great, good man. Let me know what you buy. <laughs> you don't like it, I'll buy it from you. <laughs> Dallas Holly. It, who, who will point out that you pay me in fountain pens. Uh, just, just oh my god this, this is there is some is, is this must be a conspiracy among those of you who know me personally you all said we're calling in at his last third hour 
<laughs> I protest this, by the way. This is wrong. There needs to remain a third hour. Oh, that's very sweet. That's very kind. Well, it'll give you more work. Uh, Holly is uh, is is it an indispensable uh, element to the excellence of my my Bible commentaries. I am the token Christian, and my job is to say, "Huh." See, what people don't know is that you are smarter on paper in rough draft form than most of us would be after a lifetime of coaching, and and it's a little infuriating, honestly, that I deal with it because you give me really nice fountain pens. Do you hey, listen in light of that? Because I do want to give you something. It, you did a lot of work. It's a lot of work what you did, and your work is the magnificent. Story. So <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry. The donkey story. Oh yes, the don- yes, the, exactly. That was one of the things you you worked on. So do you do you want a pen, or should I think up something else? I would love to give you a, another pen. I could, but only if Sue picks it because I like Sue pen better. You know, you wanted the. You know what? I'm tired of this. I can't believe. I have a motto. Stay on with me, Holly. I have a motto, and if Sue's listening, it's going to drive her nuts. But it is true. And here is my motto: They come for Dennis, but they stay for Sue. <laughs> that has been my experience. I'm the famous one, but once they get to know Sue, who's Dennis? Oh, yeah, your husband, Dennis. How's he doing? We'll be back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. The loneliest mother used chopsticks to eat ice cream. Saw the things that go unseen. Knows exactly what I mean. (coughs) The loneliest. All right, everybody. Go to Pragertopia.com. You pick up any hour without commercials, and you can uh, at Prigatopia Plus. I hang out with you every every month now uh, with uh, taking any questions. It's 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 a terrific thing. Go to Prigatopia.com. and so I'm speaking with Holly. The, the uh, a gift in my life. That's what you are, Holly. You really are. Uh, so you want to know, because of time, I'm actually just reading, what are my regrets? Well, uh, mostly I want to know your strategy for overcoming regret about an irreversible decision. I have not seen that in our Torah commentary work, and I would like some help mm-hmm. with that. Wow, that's a great that's a great issue. I, I would actually like to devote, I think, an hour to that on the happiness hour. But I'll, I'll just tell you, uh, the serenity prayer has the answer, I think, and that is to have the wisdom to know the difference between what I can change and what I can't change. The decision was made, and I don't know. I don't know what. The only use I can think of of regrets is that you change, it motivates one to change one's behavior, but otherwise they're useless. I regret, for example, and I really do, I regret that I didn't keep a diary. It, it, and and, I, and I, it's a function of, of laziness. Simple as that. I know it. So do I, you know, I... 
What can I do about it? I didn't, I didn't keep one. And then I put it in perspective. Yeah, but on the other hand, I did, I did do some positive things. <laughs> uh, it, there's no, uh, I don't, I don't know what the use of, of living in, in regret can, can really serve, except obviously to spur change. So that's, that's really great. I mean, that's a, that's a discussion you and I will have most interested in hearing you on the subject. Ed, Eddie, Greg, Aneka, or Anika, Dan, Mike, Jim, my, here's a regret that I have every, almost every hour of radio that I didn't get to take all your calls. Starting Monday, two hours, but extra minutes at the beginning, it's top of the hour. See you then. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.